Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains and 100 chemicals all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. Well, I'm not sure I can handle the excitement, so I brought in an Irish clone of mine, Walter Sullivan. Hello, we do Walter. Look like <laughs> twins, don't we? <laughs> and I'm actually going to segue into an interesting discussion with you about the illegal market, because, um, and, I, and this is a good time to do that, although I'm going to back up a little bit. I'm actually going to stick with my script here, and I want to go back. You to- have a script, and you're making me do this offhand? <laughs> Yeah, I am, because you're the guest, and, you know, sometimes it's easier just to to follow the host. Keep me softballs. Right. Well, I know softballs. I want to know what your role was in writing question four. Were you involved in the writing of the question four? Were you you involved with the um, writing of the medicinal laws in Massachusetts? Tell me what your role was in the moved in. I was not involved in writing either one. I paid attention to them. I did speak to the people that were writing it, especially on question four, because the question came up. On question four, I used to run the Alcoholic Beverages Control Commission. Afternoon. Gotcha. And by the way, should cannabis be under the Alcoholic Beverage Control Commission and federally? It seems to make sense. Um, you know, we separated out gaming. Yep. We separated out cannabis. Okay. It's hard to tell. You know, you look at the administrative cost. You know, mm-hmm. having all these different groups, there's an administrative cost to that. Right. Um, if you put them all together, since they all are highly regulated pleasure. Yep. Do you? save on an administrative cost. The downside is that you don't have as technically responsible group of people. I mean, however anybody feels about the Cannabis Control Commission, yep. they're really working hard to try to do the right thing. And yes, I forgot they're. now I'm getting to be like you on my see what happens? Uh, and you but, didn't even uh, get in an accident. But I forgot about <laughs> where I was going with this. This uh, happens sometimes when you have cannabis in your in your brain. You know, it it, it, it is. Um you're talking oh, sorry, about I ABC so, I asked so, about ABC so, so I um, threw you off. So what one of the questions in the petition mm-hmm. it talked about you have to have a minimum of 20% of the amount of Section 15 licenses that you have. Mm-hmm. and But no one ever actually looked at what that meant. And, and, the, and the reason why that's important is that there are two types of Section 15 licenses. There's set all alcoholic beverages licenses where you go by beer, wine, distilled spirits, and so forth. Yep. Or there's beer and wine licenses. Gotcha. And what the yes on four people were conf- were somewhat confused of when they actually got os- asked by the media, well, how many licenses are we talking about? They didn't actually realize the distinction, and they were saying, well, does it relate to just beer and wine or all alcohol? And when you go back and read the petition, mm-hmm. 
it doesn't distinguish them. Mm-hmm. So since the petition does not distinguish them, it relates to all Section 15 licenses in a community, whether it's beer and wine or whether it's alcohol, it, but it has to be issued. And a good example of that is that Cambridge, for example, has 42 or so Section 15 licenses. Uh-huh. They've only issued 39, so they're required at a minimum to have eight. Gotcha. They plan on having more. They don't know what that number will be, um, but there's a minimum requirement. And what you find is amazing on that minimum part is you see some of these cities and towns, and they're saying their minimum is their maximum. Mm-hmm. Like you're sipping, you know, there's no problem with doing that, but it's it's the lack of understanding of what this is about. It's there's all a, education. There's oh, everything's education. Everything's you know, education. You know, I read things in the newspaper where people are getting up and someone in the audience gets up and argues saying, this is a gateway drug. You know, and then you hear... It's an exit. Presenter, yeah, how the, about an exit drug now? Yeah, I mean, Can we then, explain that to them? No, and that's, but then you're dealing with the presenter saying, look, it, you're trying to... There's no sense in arguing with the guy because you, you know, people's perceptions are their reality. Right. Um, but I want to go back to the gateway issue. And mm-hmm. I think if trying to explain to people, 2.5% of the people can't gamble. Mm-hmm. 10% of the people can't drink because mm-hmm. of alcohol. I, the number for cannabis is somewhere around there. So gambling isn't for everybody. Alcohol, alcohol isn't. isn't for everybody. And the right. same thing is true for cannabis because people may have an addictive behavior. Right. But what you're trying to explain to people, the distinction between that of an addictive behavior, do people get addicted? People get addicted to Twinkies. <laughs> um, but – the but there's a physical addiction, and then there's a mental, mental depends, dependence, And that's really what you try yes. to explain. Right. That opiate, it's not about whether you have an addictive behavior. The substance itself is addictive. Correct. And, and you could say the same thing about caffeine, by the way. Yes, I love coffee. Yeah, uh, most, most Americans do, uh, I might add. And, and people, when they miss their coffee in the morning, have a physical no, no, reaction but, to that. Jimmy, what's actually interesting in the sense of that, out of all the substances— mm-hmm. There's only one substance you can actually die for from withdrawal if if not done with the doctor. That's alcohol. Mm-hmm. You may feel you're going to die mm-hmm. from opiate, coming off opiates. You won't. Yeah. But alcohol is the only drug. Excuse me. I don't want to call it because that's where a substance. Substance. Um, and right. that marijuana is not a drug. It's a substance. And it's grown in the earth. It's a natural weed. Okay. Leads me to the next question. Okay, there was actually two big things that happened in the last week in business. One is Canopy Holdings of Canada buying acreage holdings. And if you aren't familiar with those two names. Did you see what the ex-speaker is going to be getting? No, but I'm not. $20 million he's going to make as a result of being involved with acreage? Let me me ask you a question. Was it a good move getting out of politics? (laughs) I just want to say he makes a lot more on this, doesn't he? I want to know what Bill Wells making on it because Bill Wells is involved with it too. I think that's going to fund his campaign for president. And you know what? Good luck, Bill Weld, because we like Bill Weld being from Massachusetts. He's one of the few Republican leaders that I actually have a lot of respect for. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, let's we don't want to talk politics. I know, because usually I do talk about politics and it gets crazy. So, But back to this deal, uh, it seems that Canopy, by acquiring acreage, is betting on it becoming federally legal. And they're actually, um, I believe they're actually holding like $300 million or, or a percentage of it um, will be paid out when the law changes. Because yeah, they need it to be federally 
federally legal in order for them to complete the purchase. Complete the purchase, right? Yes. And now, you talk about putting pressure on the banking industry, but, I mean, isn't that what's driving the bus in Washington, D.C. more than anything well, else right I, now? I find that interesting. If you follow elections, yep. we're not going to get involved in politics, yeah, yeah. but if you follow elections, having a good economy helps people get reelected. Yeah, um, and I and I'm not getting. Involved, we have a but, mixed economy but, but, right now, but, the rea- but that relates whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. Right, I, and people do vote and with their pocketbooks or their wallets. Money does not work unless it's put into the system. Um, okay, and so if and there's ma- a lot of money going into this. Cannabis is not able to be put into the system because of the federal issue, right. which the legis- which Congress is working on to try to, right. even though it may still be federally Ill- illegal, trying to deal with the banking issue mm-hmm. because they see the problem and. It's a problem about safety, but it's also a problem that if the funds aren't put into the system, right? It's the, just, the community, the um, we can't grow. Right. I mean, you look at alcohol when it the fail, the biggest failure ever was prohibition, right? But big reason for that of bringing it back was the loss of tax dollars, right? And if they're trying to create tax dollars here in the cannabis side right. of things so, too. So I think the I, problem I with money, as you know, is greed gets involved with that. That so, as you know, Jimmy, I'm a former I'm, I'm, I'm a former prosecutor in narcotics and organized crime, and the way I used to tell defendants, you know, you could make all the money you want selling drugs, try to spend it. Right. That's when I get you. Well, this is what happened, I think, and, with the woman down in Milton right. too. I want. We'll, oh, we'll bring, very much. We'll so be we'll bringing up nor- Northern Herb in a minute. But the interesting <laughs> thing is about it is that when 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 we when I was a prosecutor, we look the only people we actually caught us. Stupid drug dealers. Stupid, I was going to say. Yes. Or greedy drug dealers. Right. Because, you know, we actually did a drug buy. We uh, The, the uh, police officers did not want to really leave the courthouse. So we figured if the guy's stupid enough to show up in the front steps of the courthouse, we'll do the buy. Yeah. He shows up. Of course he did. Because, <laughs> you know, they don't think. And, nobody thinks that, you know, they think they've been getting away with it or they're doing it. So I'm going to be able to get away with it here at this address. What's this address? Oh, it says district courthouse. You're a federal courthouse. Yeah, who's that? Yeah, I wonder who wants it here. Maybe it's a clerk. Oh, you know, oops. Anyway, um, another interesting note happened uh, last week in business with Bloomberg reporting that there's a chance that cannabis could be traded on the commodity futures market. If, it's a commodity. And it's grown in the ground, right? It is. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Yeah. No, it, it's funny. I have a, a brother who's an attorney who is- You don't hold it against him, though, right? No. In fact, I love him dearly. And he is one of the foremost attorneys and derivatives in the country. So I did happen to bother him after a Celtics game this week so we could talk a little bit about this. And he says, look, it's a, it's a commodity. It's grown in the ground. As soon as they can establish what the wholesale price is internationally- then you start to trade it. Yeah, and it just—it's just—it's because it hasn't been a legitimate market. Right. You know, it's the market's got to grow and figure out how this plays out. And once it plays out, it's going to be like oranges. It's going to be like tomatoes, right. watermelon, grapes, whatever. Yep. It's a commodity that grows in the earth in that it does have a value. And the question on that is when you go to sell or not, like we do with with other commodities, is that how we put that into the market generates, and we find that with oil coming from the Middle East, is that right. how many barrels are we willing to put out there? To, Relative to the pricing, so and as you know, as money as money gets involved, big and big bigger money comes in. We've seen it already in Massachusetts with some of the first dispensaries uh, that opened in Massachusetts have already been absorbed by larger companies. Um, the Globe Spotlight series was trying to 
showcased this a little bit over the last few weeks. And again, I think they do a great job with journalism over at the Globe, whether you lean left or right. I just think that that it, it's still a very well, important, especially for the most part, especially for the spotlight team. They truly yes. still are a journalist versus the media in a general sense, and not necessarily the media's fault, is because of the internet and everything else, is that news moves so quickly right. that you don't have the ability to do the work that you norm- a journalist normally would have done right. to get the news out there. Right, and when you move the deadline around the clock, the deadline, <laughs> the idea of a deadline disappears. So you, you, you're, you're constantly trying to put the story out in whatever shape it is now, and then it's almost like you beg for forgiveness before you ask for permission. A, a congressman told me you know, years ago the way Congress would float ideas and bills is that they put it out there on a Monday in the way the cycle of the news works. By Friday, they'd have a good idea of how the country felt about it. Right. And it was a good tool to use. He yeah. said today, between <laughs> blogs and everything else, he and said— And tweets and everything and we, that's immediate? because— as you know, people read something in a newspaper, whether it's our blog, and they believe it's true. Right. And so it's really difficult to gauge mm-hmm. you know, where the population is on an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the social equity question here in, in liberal Massachusetts, if you will. Um, I think they when, they when they brought this in and they wrote the law and they wanted to uh, give an opportunity to those who have been impacted by the uh, – the uh, laws, the you know, breaking the laws and the, the people that have been re- arrested, the pe- people of color and those who have been really singled out and targeted and and during this war on drugs that I think pretty much everybody recognizes has failed. Let's give them a second chance or even a first chance to get into this business without really thinking about how can we do that when people are coming out of prison with records and felonies and, you know, not a lot of education going on in prison, I just want to say we don't do reform. We do punishment in this country, which is another issue we can talk about another day. But uh, point being, they're still struggling with trying to figure out what can happen. And there's no licenses in the city of Boston right now. And there's infighting now in the city of Boston among those who want to have licenses and opportunities. How is this going to get resolved? Good question. I, mean, I think, first of all, let's look at the beginning of it. Yep. In the beginning of it, they gave a two-week window. Yeah. For that people was... to apply. And, and I don't think it was intent to be, be wrong. I think they just didn't quite know how to handle it. Right. Uh, because don't forget, you know, everyone talks about this law coming into be from the petition. Mm-hmm. Reality, the law we have before us today is legislative driven, not the petition. Right. I get you know, that. And but that's the, really trying the to The impetus was the petition, petition, though. But but people need to separate out because, you know, they're blaming the petition for being – this is a legislative act. Right. Um, and they tried – they're looking to do the right thing. Well, the problem is they set a window up. Yep. And that window ex- is a problem because it didn't work out right. So if you're looking at places like Cambridge and Somerville, yep. um, what Somerville has done and Cambridge is still working on it is we know the, the state closed that window too soon. So we're going to take that in on our own. So economic empowerment, social equity applicants can apply in, 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 in Somerville. Yep. Minorities can apply in Somerville. Yep. Um, and they may even they may even take a social equity applicant and find them to be a social equity equity mm-hmm. applicant themselves plus residents. Cambridge is looking at the same thing and they're in the process of finalizing. Um, they have their zoning ordinance all set. It went in. It goes into effect. What day does it go into effect, Jimmy? April twentieth. April twentieth. How'd I do? Uh, perfect, <laughs> but not at four twenty at midnight. Yeah, okay. uh, but uh, 
But wait, midnight on uh, the midnight, or is it the nineteenth at midnight, or the twenty-first at midnight? Which midnight is it? Well, it depends on how you're feeling that <laughs> night. Uh, but okay. but Cambridge is struggling too. Is about how do we do with this? Because we want you know. So they're giving benefits to economic empowerment applicants. Yep. They're giving social equity applicants. They're creating two tiers. Yep. Um, they're giving benefits to women and minority-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, then they have that next tier. And the mm-hmm. other tier in a priority applicant is the RMDs mm-hmm. you know, because they're already up and running. The question they're looking at now, so the original proposal had a two-year window. The council said, we may just do those the only applicants we'll accept is the RMDs in economic empowerment and minority and women-owned. Mm-hmm. We They're still on that process as to where this plays out. Mm-hmm. Is two years enough? Should it be five? I think you see these two communities working hard. You haven't seen that in Boston. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. In the Weeds is a podcast for the Cannabis Multimedia Network for the enjoyment and education of our audience. It is available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and a video record is available on the WeedTube and on the Cannabis Multimedia Network. Any medical advice is not a reflection of the management of CLNS Media or Cannabis Multimedia Network.